in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey Madre, how's it going? Hey Mary, it's going pretty good. It's been a lot of stuff going on as there is in your life, I'm sure. I know, I keep waiting for... Yeah, life to... To stop. To stop. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> to slow down. Yeah, it was funny. I was just having this conversation with my 11-year-old yesterday, and she's like, I love the fall because there's so much going on. It's like three of my kids' birthdays, and then all the different holidays, and all the kids' holidays, and all the things. And she's like, and then January comes, and it's just cold and boring and awful. And I was just <laughs> telling, I was just telling Charlie yesterday morning, before I had this conversation with her, I was like, I just keep thinking January's coming soon, and there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> no major things happening for months. It's just blank. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. And I'm like, wow, the different perspectives. Oh my gosh. How things change. Perspective, yes. Mm-hmm. And seasons and joy brings things for some people and utter dread for others yeah at any moment in time any season that's crazy but that's funny i can see her being super excited about all that's happening all the things oh my gosh Mm -hmm. it's what is it november we are in november and we are starting a new topic mom do you want to give a little bit more about that sure Uh, we're just going to review we'd love to hear from all of you listening to tell us kind of how you're feeling about this staying focused on one thing But we called it Fall Foundations, and a reminder of that is that, remember all those cool stories, Mary, you gave about poor foundations. They end up needing repairs, right? And those repairs can be costly. And then we talked about weak foundations. There's no foundation, and that leads to collapse, which is absolute destruction, like the house on the sand when it just gets wiped away. But we also talked about blocking out or not being intentional about looking at our foundations, basically that's just gonna delay the cost or the destruction. So we're doing this whole four month series because in each one of these things, we're taking them, things we've said, and we're just taking them to a little bit deeper level so that in this way we can intentionally have a series which really is about remembering our foundations in these topics. Those were of course chaos to order, instead of living in chaos, how we can bring that in order in some way. And the whole idea of how hard it is to look at things that are hard, but the power of acceptance and how that can begin to change our walk with God and not get stuck in things. And today we're starting in November that we're calling Hearts Overflowing. So Hearts Overflowing, okay, yeah, you're right. We picked it because it's Thanksgiving. (laughs) So we're leaning into that. That could seem okay. That's not uh, rocket science. But we're doing it based one thing on another. Because it's really hard to get to this joy space of Thanksgiving when we don't have peace. So in terms of chaos to order, in terms of power of acceptance, we're really working on building a foundation 
with more peace, more trust in God. Hearts overflowing now can become that result of moving from not just peace, but walking in places of joy and thriving and being excited and hopeful for the future. And it's four weeks in November. And so we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, just from a little different angle with this idea of being thankful, content, and even, again, full of praise and adoration for God for many things that he does in our lives. Okay, so just to clarify, you said fall foundations. If people are just jumping in, what we're saying is starting in uh, September, we started the series called Fall Foundations to finish out the rest of the year. September's topic was chaos to order and October's was this power of acceptance and different topics surrounding that. And now we're starting November's, which is hearts overflowing. So you're welcome to go back and listen or each each episode really does stand alone. So you're welcome to do that as well. Exactly. So as we start with November, I think the first thing we want to say in this introduction with just a couple of little pieces of introduction to this idea is that I think this is so striking is that our well of thanksgiving or praise or gratitude, I want to say this very clearly that from the word of God's point of view is that he is always the one who is proactive and the initiator in preparing our hearts to have this well and to fill the well. He gives us the well for the capacity of extreme gratitude and thanksgiving. And he prepares the way for that to happen. And he gives the oil to go in it. So I'm saying that he takes the responsibility to bring you all the pieces you need to cause you to well up with gratitude and thanksgiving. I think that's a very important part to start with. This isn't something we have to muster up. This isn't something that how do I even find anything or how do I connect with God in this way? We have a lot of great examples of how he is the initiator. There's this on-ramp that he provides if you would just be intentional to look and receive instead of just walking past all these things. So this is what we're going to be looking at this month and giving various examples from the word and ourselves. So for today's topic, for this whole idea of being able to respond to God with all these things, we're going to talk about how those moments when God does the impossible in our lives, something that is just so grand that we can't help but acknowledge it. Doing the impossible is one of the ways that God reaches into our lives. In our house, we've been calling them our Red Sea moments. I tell the kids, I'm like, this is a Red Sea moment. And it might not feel like a Red Sea moment to other people, but to Mm -hmm. us or to this situation or to something we've been praying for, it's like this feels impossible. This feels like this can never happen or this breakthrough could never happen or this conversation or this relationship could never be resolved. Or even like I remember with my younger kids, it was like they couldn't find their favorite toy and we were sure it was gone and destroyed, right? And for them, it was the Red Sea moment that we prayed and God just made it show up. 
So those Red Sea moments where it feels like it's impossible for us in whatever situation that we're in and God breaks through. So good. So good. What a great way to keep that idea a continual thread. I can think of one of the ways that's happened with dad and I, and it's kind of been passed into the rest of you kids, is this idea of praying this prayer of something that seems lost, like you just said. And we've seen it so many times. It could be something that is really crucial, a kind of thing that's like a passport. If you're getting ready to fly internationally and you can't find your passport, let's say. But in some of these things, it led us to this place to say we can even ask God to find what is lost. Yes. And at that moment for that thing, it is very miraculous to us. And we have great joy over finding what was lost. Yes. So in context to hearts overflowing, when God does the impossible, when God does those Red Sea moments, what is our heart posture? Is it to just quickly be like, yeah, that's awesome and move right past it? Or are we really acknowledging it, not just acknowledging it, but mom, I know you have some awesome examples of in the scripture of it's like, no, we are filled, overflowing with thankfulness and thanksgiving and joy and dancing and singing, speaking out, God, this is who you are. And when we see it in the Psalms, we see it all throughout scripture where we're not just like, yay, thank you, Jesus. Again, it's not like a religious thing. Like, okay, when this thing happens, you must jump up and down three times and clap your hands. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But it's, it's just this bubbling out heart posture of like, Lord, you did this. No one else could. Nothing else could. There was no other solution. And you broke in and fully acknowledging it and then just being undone with thankfulness and gratitude in whatever way that looks like for you. What comes to my mind when I'm thinking about that is I I was reading about billionaires and people who have more than 100 million that they're making decisions to not leave all their money to their children, saying that it will ruin their children and that they want their children to learn how to work by their own hands, so to speak, in their own mind and provide for themselves and their children. It reminds me of that God is a good God and a good father. And so sometimes he really does have to sort of remove something or not give something in any given moment in time, because if that never was happening, we wouldn't be moved to these places of thanksgiving and rejoicing. So this is one of those ways that God is acting on our behalf by parting the Red Sea, right? If we didn't come up against the wall of the ocean and all our enemies are pursuing us and there's no way out except for the ocean to be our path right? and God opens the ocean. The first people that got to that ocean knew they couldn't take another step. Right. And we're talking about a huge number of people that are moving together at the same time. What a picture of when there's no plan B. Yeah. There's a million other ways that we're in those positions. I'm contending for my marriage. I'm contending for the life of my child. And we know in so many circumstances, it may not go the way that we desire it to. But when it does, what happens in these kinds of moments is that the response, a healthy normative response is to have great joy and great gratitude and great thanksgiving. Therefore, God, in this area that we're talking about today, this idea of doing the impossible, 
It's maybe not always for ourselves. It's for somebody else that we love. So I think if we're open to this idea to see and receive all these Red Sea moments in our lives and the lives of others and people we don't even know, this is an opportunity for us to grow through inspiration and respond with a heart that's truly overflowing. I think this is one of the easier ways this happens to us and it happens to us often. I think it's a matter of recognizing it and staying with it for more than a split second. Yeah, I think this idea of leaning into that feeling and it's not about hyping yourself up, but leaning into what you're already feeling and now just giving it language. One of the main stories I think of offhand is Hannah. And as I was reading Hannah and Hannah's song after God promises her a son and just the joy overflowing inside of her. But what I noticed with that situation was the desperation that she felt before. Mm. And I do feel like the two are linked. Like you're saying, the more that we are on that ocean and we feel the desperateness of, no, 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 there is no other option. The army is literally right there. The waves are 10 feet high. It's not like, oh, this is a lake right in front of me. And I see a boat, you know, a mile out there. And this is going to be really, really difficult, but I'm going to give it a shot, right? That has a different desperation level than you're sitting at the edge of a stormy raging sea with an army coming at you. That's a different kind of desperation. So when God breaks in on that desperation level, there is like an automatic just, oh God, you are the only one that could have done this. Yes. I I think that kind of an emotion is where we see tears of joy. Yes. Like the joy is so great, we cannot contain it. But the thing about Hannah, to add to that, I mean, her, if those of you who haven't read it, it's a beautiful song of Thanksgiving of how she responds to the news that she is now going to have this child. She was barren. She was one of two wives to a guy. And the one wife just kept having children. And Hannah was barren. But to add to that is that the other wife, Phineas, she was really one of those mean girls. And she was so mean to Hannah. And she used the distress of Hannah to basically daily torture her. So she's engulfed with this sadness of not being able to have a child. And she's got this other wife who is constantly putting it in her face that she is barren. And you put all that together, Hannah was very desperate and so desperate that she makes a deal basically with God to say, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you all the days of my life. Yeah, That's desperate. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. And do you know that when she had that baby, they came to say, okay, it's time for you to give him. She's talking to the priest who was Eli in that day and basically saying, I'll give you this, but I will not give him to you until he has been weaned. I mean, such wisdom in the heart of this young mother to say, I need to so give him everything I can in these first couple of years that I'm going to pour into him while I have him and then I'm going to give him to the Lord. When the baby's weaned, she goes back to Eli, the high priest, and says, here, basically, take him. 
And I can't even imagine all those kinds of emotions. And yet she stayed with this idea that God has answered my prayer. He has heard my cry. And that son is Samuel, who becomes an amazing prophet in the nation of Israel. And the name Samuel means God hears. Yes. So God does hear. And I think, like you were saying, Mary, that level of desperation, it's so encouraging to us when there's movement in our lives, when we're really so desperate for God that we literally don't have a plan B. And in this dynamic that we're talking about today, we're basically saying to our own hearts and to all of you to welcome you into this idea that when you're contending, when you're praying, when you're crying out to God, because you have no one else who can deliver you, we would just say that leaning into these moments when God does answer you in a way that you've really kind of begged for, that you really are asking God, I won't give up. I'll keep trusting in you. The joy that comes from that, and it can be really minute things in a given day. Right. God, if I can't get another night's sleep, can you stop the flu in this house? Just temporarily till it jumps to the next person because if I don't sleep tonight I'm not sure I'll make it through tomorrow do you not know that God hears the cries of all of us yeah and sees we're but dust but what he's looking for is a heart that trusts him and will receive this gift by believing that God has moved on our behalf so I think when God does the impossible it gives us all types of opportunity to respond in a genuine heartfelt way Yes. And the other reason that I so love the story about Hannah is because it's not only did she have such a heart of Thanksgiving, because like we're saying, sometimes it's not that we have so much godliness inside of us as as it's more. It's just a human natural reaction to when you're in a desperate situation and someone provides a way out that you're just with thankfulness. Right. So what we mean even by leaning into that is then going a step further and remembering, to remember what God has done, to think on it, to dwell on it, to to stay in that mode of thankfulness and gratefulness. And Hannah is such a perfect example of that because she doesn't just have to remember it. She has to remember her promise back to the Lord that she said. And then she has to follow through with that and to gladly Mm. give her son to the Lord, knowing that God will be faithful. The same God who has given her son will keep him and sustain him. When I think about the, the true Red Sea moment, when they crossed over the Red Sea, and they were so filled with thankfulness and gratitude. And Moses tells them, do not forget. Let us remember. Let us make a stone of remembrance and think on this, dwell on this. Because the Lord knew how important it was that they remembered God's faithfulness, that they remembered those Red Sea moments. And then he went even a step further to say, tell your children, tell your children what happened, because some of them won't have seen this. Some of them won't know. They won't have seen what God did. But tell them, talk about it, tell stories about God's faithfulness and about these Red Sea moments. Yes. And we see this as a high value to God. This idea of remembering, whether it's something that's just completely life-changing or or something that was so beautiful to you in a season or a moment, the idea is that the reason God so values remembering is because he knows 
that we can go on tomorrow and forget what just happened yesterday. Yeah. He knows that we are at our core a forgetful people. Yeah. Looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And Mary, what you were talking about is when they go into the wilderness, how short it is yep. that they forget this extraordinary set of not just the parting of the Red Sea, but how about keeping them from all the plagues, right? right? I mean, you know. Yeah, all the things uh, that just happened. And the Passover where the, the death angel skips over everybody who has blood on their doorway. It just goes on and on. And the way that God protects them is unbelievable. And so one of the things that God seems to resist and call us out on as humanity is he's saying, I have given you wonder after wonder after amazing thing after amazing thing. And yet you come to me with grumbling and complaining and murmuring and discontentment. This seems to sort of get under his skin a little bit. And so it's not like he takes it lightly. So it's the smallest of ways that we can grow in our intimacy with God. But I do think what you're saying, Mary, is remembering takes some level of intentionality. And what's interesting is that God built that into the whole history of the nation of Israel and then right on into the church. We have all these remembrances that were set in place so that we could remember the great things he's done. Yeah, I I think a lot about all the Jewish feasts and all the different Jewish holidays and things. And somehow we just like did away with all of them, the church and Christianity. And I'm like, how did that happen exactly? I don't really know. I'm not a church history person. But what I do know is that there was a reason God put those in place. And yes, yes, they could become super religious and people were just checking off boxes. But surely God's heart and his intention for those different feasts or different days of remembrance, all the different things was like, yes, that it would just be putting into our lives these yes. anchor points, these things that are plumb lining us to force us to fix our eyes on the things that God's done in our lives. And I think about one of the first times I started using, oh, the Red Sea moments in our family was uh few years ago when I had so felt like I wanted my family to come together. I'm talking about my four kids. And I just kind of felt like we were scattered and we weren't really all on the same page and they were younger then. And so I felt like this urgency of, I don't have tons more time with them until they get big. I think we all feel that as parents. So I felt this urgency, but I didn't know how to make it happen. All of my friends in my community were like homeschoolers and we had tried to homeschool (laughs) And that was a nightmare. I do not use that word lightly. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and you could be a homeschooling mom of like 10 kids and you're like, really? It was bad. Okay. Yes, it was bad. It was bad for me. Okay. (laughs) And it was insanely stressful. We had different dynamics happening with different kids and different family dynamics. And it was not a good situation for just the whole family dynamic. It wasn't a good situation, but I had this such desire in my heart to be like a mother hen who like scoops up her little chicks and just Mm. has them near. And that was so in my heart, but I had no idea how it was going to happen. Like I had no idea how it was going to happen. So when COVID happened, I'm not saying that COVID didn't bring all sorts of feelings and all sorts of negatives and all sorts of things. But for me and our family, 
when it made us all go home, and I've heard this from so many other people as well, this one aspect of COVID, but when it forced all of us to be home together, it was our Red Sea moment. It was that Mm. moment of like nothing else could have done this. And I kept telling people that, just telling anybody I could. I mean, do you remember that, Mom? Yes, I totally remember it. Yeah, Yeah. and I remember talking to people (laughs) and they looked at me, maybe like you're listening right now, like, really? Is that that big of a deal? And I'm like, no, you Mm. don't get it. Like, you don't get it. And that's okay. Mm. That's fine. That's fine. But I get it. I get how much this felt impossible. I get how it felt like there was no way I could make this happen. And now all of a sudden, all my little chickadees are just right here. And I get to like impart into them. And we had just such amazing days. I mean, yes, there was chaos and crazy days too. Absolutely. Charlie likes to remind me of that when I get very rose colored (laughs) glasses. He's like, there was also a lot of crazy, but we had something called mom's choice time. This is side note. Every day for an hour, we got to do whatever I wanted as part of our homeschool day. And it would be like, okay, we're going to go for a nature walk or whatever, like mom's choice time. And we're going to just sit and worship for 30 minutes and have communion. And again, this was something that for different reasons, was not happening at all in our family. No togetherness, no community. So this was so, so huge, okay? This Mm. was my Mm. Red Sea moment of God bringing us together as a family. And then we decided to homeschool the following year as well and just continue on that. But life went on. And I think of the Red Sea, right? And then they went into the wilderness and life went on. And it's been three and a half years since then, since covid And my kids have gotten older. Most of them are back in schools, different things. They're in high school. And there's been this wandering feeling that I felt like, oh, we're kind of back to feeling scattered. But now they're older. So it kind of makes more sense. One has work. One has this. Right. And I've just been feeling lately of like, oh, Lord, like, oh, I just I wish we could come together. And I don't know what the solution is. And I don't know what the answer is. And I feel this almost gentle rebuke from the Lord. Like, do you really not remember? Has it really been Mm. that long? Do you not remember what I did when that was your heart for years and years and I broke in? And so, yeah, I just, Mm. I've been really, really struck with that lately of even though in my heart, I still am contending for certain things for our family and for our family dynamics and for certain children. And that's okay to feel sad about things or to contend for things, but while also continually being intentional about remembering what God has done and not just so fixed on the things that still you want God to do, but, but what has he done? Right. And I think for me, it is truly like remembering it, speaking it out loud when I'm with the Lord and when I'm with my kids or when I'm with my family, when I'm with my friends, speaking it out, telling the story. God was faithful then. This was a Red Sea moment. And instead of saying only the things that God hasn't done yet in your life about remembering the things he has done. That's a tightrope, right? It's just so easy to fall off a tightrope. We can so easily fall into just staring at at what is not, talking about what is not, thinking about what is not. And that is where I think as believers, we're losing the benefits that God has for us by remembering and praising him, thanking him, thinking on it remembering that he has saved us so many times, time and time again. I think this is really one of the primary reasons why God is saying to us, 
if we spend our lives either ruminating or looking at what is not as opposed to all that he has done and given and helped and rescued and delivered us from, we are missing a key value and lifeline for our own emotions and our own intimacy with God by missing this idea of remembering all of his wonders and miracles and all that he's done for us. And, you know, in closing, I'm thinking of something. It's like when one of the apostles says, I could just name and go on and on of all the miracles and all the amazing things God has done and to just end this and just remind us of some of the things. If we'd have been in that flood and God came after the trauma of that flood in some ways, that worldwide flood, and he came to us and said, I'm going to give you this rainbow every time of a hard rain. You're going to remember, I'm never going to destroy this world by water again. What a beautiful thing to give to that generation and to all the stories that would be passed down to their families. What about when he gave them the Sabbath rest? People work day and night, every day, all the time. And God comes into a new community called Israel and says, every seventh day, you're not even going to be able to work. You're just going to rest. I'm going to yes. give you this beautiful gift called rest we talked about his deliverance. We talked about some of the feasts. And you know, in some of those feasts, they would have what was called a jubilee every 50th year. And in that 50th year, all the land returned to the original owner. You could always get your land back. You could always have another opportunity yes. to return and then decide what you want to do with it with that generation coming behind you. All the captives were set free. All the debts were forgiven. Okay. What would that have produced? In a community, there was always hope. Yes. There was always hope that maybe your children would see something different by the time that Jubilee year came. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And, and, it, and it just goes on and on. All of this down to the resurrection that all of us are now going to be able to be resurrected. These amazing things that God has done, let alone adding our personal miracles and our personal encounters yes. with God. If we lose sight of them or become dull in any of them. We are missing a table that's been spread before our enemy, as David said in the Psalms. Yeah. It's been spread before. And what is that table, that banquet? It's just that full heart that's overflowing and receiving and remembering all these beautiful things God has done. We just thank you for joining us today as we talk through this idea for hearts overflowing and invite you in to think on these things, maybe even start a journal, talk to your kids, your family, but just again, that we would all be more aware to enter into this gift of thanksgiving and remembrance. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you were with us today. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.